0: Hi, this is Vance Sims, host of The Father Matters Show. I would like to personally invite you to our fifth annual Court and Custody Conference, Thursday, March 17th, hosted at River of Life in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information, log on to fathermatters.org. Special guest speakers and representatives from Department of Child Safety, Family Law Attorneys and Division of Child Support Services. For more information, log on to fathermatters.org. Topics include how to find the right attorney, divorce and separation, child support and visitation, modification of child support, and much, much more. Don't miss this powerful day, Thursday, March 17th. Log on to fathermatters.org. This is the Father Matters Show
1: with your host, Vance Sims. Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims.
0: Welcome to the Father Matters Show. I'm your host, Vance Sims. Thank you for joining us on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. If you have not yet partnered with Father Matters, would you please consider becoming a Father Matters partner? The Father Matters show is listener supported and all Father Matters programs and services are free to the community because of your generous donations. For more information about donating to Father Matters, log on to FatherMatters.org and click the Donate to Father Matters icon. Now, I'm going to date myself, but back in the 80s, there was a movie called Beach Street. And when that movie came out, every teenage boy and girl wanted to be in a breakdancing crew. Fast forward 20 plus years, we now have Beach Street AZ. Beach Street AZ's mission is to empower at-risk youth to discover their own identity by the means of self-expression through the performing arts. And here to share more about Beach Street AZ is President Memo Arubla, Welcome to the Father Matters Show, Memo. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Did I say your last name right, brother? Arubla? Yes, sir. My man. Look, Memo, Mm -hmm. before we hear about B Street, Beach Street AZ, what was it like growing up in New York City in the 80s, man? It
1: was a beautiful thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Start by saying, I mean, you were surrounded by just uh, a a shift in culture, if you will. We had, uh, you know, B Street came out, and that really kind of – blew up hip-hop culture, if you will, into mainstream America. You know, I mean, the the breaking crews were there, the ciphers, as we called them, you know, in the parks and, and just, you know, hanging out in the graffiti. That was all there, but, you know, a lot of people didn't really know what it was or what was the meaning behind it and the significance. Uh, so once this movie came out, you know, a lot of those uh, that, you know, I would like to say sheltered lives weren't out and about in the, in the fire boroughs. You know, they got to experience and see firsthand, you know, what this culture was really about. So, um, you know, growing up, it it, it really, I would say, if it wasn't for the hip-hop culture movement uh, in the 80s, I I don't think I would have had the means to escape, you know, many of the struggles that I had growing up. Mm -hmm. And and that's exactly what what hip-hop culture was to me. And I know it's it's a double-edged sword, if you will. You know, nowadays it it has that... um, uh, perception where people associate hip hop with gangs and right. violence and the drugs and stuff but you know uh, there is a there's a a bright side, a, a, a motivating side uh, to hip-hop culture. And that's how I used it growing up where, you know, I learned how to write lyrics. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm, I was good. Right. <laughs> but, but it was a, a means of, of expression for myself, uh, you know, and the graffiti as well. And uh, one of the biggest things for me, though, was the breakdancing. I mean, I was a B-boy growing up. Uh, you know, I can't spin on my head anymore, though. Right, But, you right. know what I mean? <laughs> Age catches up to you. But uh, growing up, you know, that was that was uh, uh, a, a huge role in my life because, The endless amount of time that I spent in dance studios uh, with dance crews, you know, kept me out uh, uh, of hanging out on the corners with some of the the people in the crews that I rolled with uh, back in those days. Not to to mention the fact that, uh, you know, the music aspect of it, um, you know, I really got into the music production, creating music and making beats and things like that, which kind of inspired me to learn how to play different types of instruments. Um, So all that, you know, put together literally was uh, a form, uh, an outlet for me, if you will, for a way for me to kind of just, you know, uh, channel my my negative energy that I had at that time because of
0: of my surroundings. Well, the good thing is is it was was positive back in the 80s. We weren't too far from Mm. each other because during those B Street days while you was in New York City, I was not too far from you in Baltimore. So we both know the nonsense and the craziness. That was out there and how easy we could have got involved. And like you said, while you was in the studios, I was DJing and trying to, you know, keep my thing going. But at the same time, if it wasn't from that, for me, I know the route that I could have took. And so you're saying some of the struggles, share some of that stuff with you. See, because a lot of kids today, they see what you're doing and we're going to get deep into that. Absolutely. And they see or heard what I used to do as far as the DJing. But they don't they don't have some of the pressures what you and I grew up. Share some of that, man, growing up. All
1: right, so growing up, I mean, uh, I I like to, you know, I go around to a lot of schools and I go talking to kids, and I like to start out by saying I had a couple of strikes against me Mm -hmm. right off the bat, you know, because the truth the, uh, truth of the matter is that we don't choose our families. You're born into them. And that's what you, you know, that's the, that's the, de- the, the deck you've been dealt. Uh, so my family, they were involved in the cartels in South America. So strike one, strike two, I wasn't born in this country. I was born in South America. Uh, and I, in Spanish was, you know, my primary language. And I came to learn English when I got to school. Uh, so that, that was another obstacle. Uh, father went to prison, you know, he got arrested, um, uh Once he got arrested because my mom was relying so much on on his income from you know the drug trades and things of that nature uh we ended up losing our place and ended up homeless so you know that that's another struggle um uh, seeing your mother you know begging for food and, and money and you know uh how I came to love McDonald's <laughs> because of you know all the way that's where we would go eat once you'd have enough money to 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 feed you know to feed both of us um so you know growing up with that it it, it I, the pain that you feel is, you know, even for an adult to go through homelessness or any of those those kinds of struggles, you know, the violence and the drugs and, and things of that nature, it's hard to cope with, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and what do they do is usually we we, we turn to a vice. Uh, and nine out of ten times typically that vice is either going to be alcohol or drugs because it makes us forget and amass the pain and, and, you know, it's kind of our escape at that moment. <clears throat> go ahead, man. You good. <clears throat> Sorry. So uh with growing up around all that you know I, by the time i hit my teenage years i was you know i mean i was an angry kid i was angry at the world yeah. not to mention the fact that i was a short guy you know i'm still short and so you know i got not that i say i get picked on but you know i had a complex i had a complex growing up because of my height and so you know as a teenager trying to figure your way through life and say hey you know how, how do I deal with all this? Um, you know, I had a very, very dark side to me, if you will. And then, uh, and then I became a father at the age of 16. So, you know, that was another one. <laughs> so, so it was just sh- like... Share
0: a little bit about that. And yeah. see, see, Memo, this is why I'm glad I got you on the show because the listeners all over the country know we real and the, pe- the guests that we have on is real. And the thing is, a lot of people see what I'm doing today. They see what you're doing today. And I I'll, I'll, I'll say this a lot. Most people want what other people want, but they're not willing to go through what that person went through to get what they got. And there's a lot of moms from all over the country that email me and say, you know what, when can you talk about I, the sons and the mothers and sons and my son is growing around his father and the stuff he's in this and he's in that. And sometimes I tell them he's, he's finding his way. So he said, Oh, he's out here hanging with these guys. And he said, because once he will have a wake up call, I had a wake up call. You had a wake up call. And I want these parents, these grandmoms, these moms, these single dads to hear Because when we get into the B Street AZ, this big organization you got going on, I didn't want to start with that. I wanted to start with letting people know that you could turn your mess into a message. You know what I mean? And you turned your mess, your life into a message, brother. And you're speaking to the hearts of some people right now. You're also listening to some teenagers right now who think uh, this is all I have or I'll never be anything. But you can use the DJing, the B-boying. The, the emceeing and the graffitiing in a positive way, and they're going to hear from you later on how and what you're doing with that. But let's touch on that, man. When you became a dad at 16. I, I became a young dad at 22 out of wedlock, but I was practicing being a dad since 14 myself. You see what I'm saying? I, it just took until 22 for me to realize I'm dropping that seed. So go ahead and share that with you. So,
1: I mean, and that's an interesting thing. I like how you just you just touched on that. Um, you know, you kind of were practicing already to be a dad, and I kind of felt that, too, because of the absence of my father. I have younger siblings I'm the oldest and you know I was kind of thrusted that responsibility as like you're going to watch your brothers you're going to make sure they do so yeah. you know I had the reps if you will to a certain extent I mean granted at 16 years old you still trying to figure life out let alone trying to raise another life um so uh I'll be honest with you when I got the news you know I was already broken up with her and when I got the news I broke down I cried I mean, bottom lip quivering, snot bubbles coming out like I was crying. You know, it, it it was it was at that moment. I thought literally my life was over just because of the fact that everything else that I've been through, you know, I said, you know what? This is it. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm done. Um, but it's interesting. Um, I didn't I'm not I've had positive people in my life, but I can't honestly say I've had an actual role model. And for some of those kids out there that, you know, and some of my students that I work with, you know, they don't have that. They don't have... uh, So my approach to that was, you know, I kind of just picked and selected certain people, how they handle certain things, life situations. Let's stay away from the celebrities. Let's stay away from the people that we don't know. You know, you only see a certain side of them in terms of how they're glorified on TV or in the media or whatever the case is. I chose people... That I knew, such as teachers, uh, maybe somebody that was just trying to be a mentor to me at the time. You know, these were the people that I looked at. I said, you know what? I see how you carry yourself day in and day out. I see how you, you, you handle adversity. You know, those are the types of things that I started kind of really like just analyzing, if you will. Um, and in that process of analyzing, you know, and it's, it's interesting, uh, you know, you're saying to talk to these kids uh, right now. And, 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 and if they're listening, you know, I had this conversation with my son last night because he's going through a lot right now. He's 16 years old. He's going through a lot right now.
0: He's now the age you were when you uh, had him. Exactly. Speak on it yes.
1: So uh, he's going through some emotional turmoil because I'm, 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 his, I'm his stepdad. But in my heart, that's my son. And, and, you know, his his, his biological father is really non-existent. So, so we're
0: not talking about your biological son no, right now. We're no, talking about your step. Go ahead, because steps- I want to hear about your biological so, son too.
1: So with my stepson, you know, with my son, but uh, last night, you know, my wife calls me, and she's like, hey, listen, you know, he he's going. He, he's not talking to me. He's out, He's been sitting outside for an hour, and I, I already know some of the things that are going on in his, you know, with the struggles he's got. One has to do a lot with his biological father, the questions there. He has a bunch of siblings he doesn't even know yet. So, you know, I went into his room last night, and we, and we talked about it, and, and my message to him was basically this, man. You know, listen, you're going gonna, to, right now at your age, at 15 and 16, you're going to be stripped as to who you thought you were. It's going to happen. Those are called life stressors. They're going to hit you and they're never going to go away. They're going to get substituted and some may just always be there. I said, you know, the relationship with your siblings. You thought you had that under control, but it got stripped away because, you know, mom on the other side was like, "No, nah, I don't want you talking to him anymore." You have no and I said, "You can't feed into that into that monster, into the and the monster is the things you can't control in life, man. If you can't control it, don't feed into it." That's it. It is what it is. Channel that anger. Channel that anger. Through other avenues such as, you know, performing arts, write some music, write some lyrics, write a journal. You know what I mean? And, you know, my, my, my thing to him was, I want you to do this, man. I, I want you to take a book, first page. Put yourself at 60 or 80 something, you're dead. You died. It's your eulogy. You're going to write out your own eulogy and you're going to talk about what you want somebody at your funeral to say about you, write that out, all, all, every, your legacy, what did you do, what you accomplished in your life. After you're done writing that down, turn the page, and now you're going to start writing everything you're going to do to accomplish everything you've written in that eulogy. I said, that's a plan. That's how you approach life. You don't, you don't sit there and complain about the things you have no control over. Because one of the biggest things that my father instilled in me was... You don't use your obstacles and, and, and the things that, have, you know, your, your, your trials and tribulations as a crutch in life, and as an excuse. And I kind of hear that. That's very common. You know, oh, you know, I'm mad because, you know, my dad's in prison or, you know, he's non existent or my mom's a, a crackhead or whatever the case is, you know. I, I hear this from a lot of kids. And not to say, hey, I'm not downplaying your situation whatsoever, but if you're going to feed into it, I guarantee you're going to head down a dark path and eventually you're going to become the thing you most hate, that person. So, you need to start you know <clears throat> you need to start you know realizing this is a perfect example that you got in front of you to do all the things that you don't want to be so you know and and that's what we talked about so uh in, in retrospect in, in, in my life you know that's what i did i I, t- I used that as an example with my father, my family and I, I took it and said, you know what? This is not what I want to do. And then when my son was born, when I became a father, that was a motivation to say, I don't want to be the same role model my dad was for me at that moment in time for him.
0: Don't you go nowhere. You're listening to the Father Matters Show with Van Sims. And today's guest is Memo Arubla, president of Beach Street AZ. We'll be back after this. Anybody want to fall in love tonight? Hey, Father Matters Show family. Will you show us some love? love we want the Father Matters Show to be your community and family resource program by providing you right-now answers for right-now issues. Become a Father Matters Show champion by liking Father Matters on Facebook. If you miss us Saturday night, log on to blogtalkradio.com, soundcloud.com, or fathermatters.org and share the Father Matters Show with your friends and family. Thank you. Welcome back to the Father Matters Show. Hey, mark your calendar for March 17th for our fifth annual Court and Custody Conference. For more information, log on to FatherMatters.org. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the top of the show at FatherMatters.org. Also catch the Father Matters Show nationally every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time by logging on to BlogTalkRadio.com. Or catch our archive shows anytime worldwide at SoundCloud.com. We've got Memo of Rubler, and we're getting deep here. If you if you have a teenage boy, teenage girl, have them listen to this show. You are a parent, been concerned about your teenagers. This is the show you've been asking for. So when you email us saying talk about this, talk about that, we bring the guests, we bring the professionals, we bring the ones with the knowledge, okay? <coughs> So we're going to just get right back into this, and, and Memo was sharing with, his, with us about his, his, his son that turned 16, and I love what he was saying about, uh, you know, don't keep focusing on that because you'll, you will become that. It's, it's, it's funny, Memo, because sometimes when I'm doing speaking engagements, uh, I, I tell people when you're focusing on the crisis, don't make a career out of your crisis because that's what a lot of us do. But we're going to get into Beach Street. But again, I wanted people to hear the realness of what's going on, and, 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 and Memo was bringing that. So so finish about what you were sharing with your your your, your son, because during the commercial break, you were saying how it kind of panned out. I said, save that. Let them hear that. So, <clears throat> so
1: following our, our conversation, you know, uh, uh, my wife was really concerned because she felt he was being really cold with her, and he just, you know, she was like, he's got an attitude, he's not talking to me. But, you know, and I talked to him in, in terms of, you know, listen, people are going to approach you and want to give you advice. And and it's not because you're being talked down to. It's because they care about you and, and your future. And, and, you know, we love you at the bottom. At the, at the end of the day, that's what it really is. We love you, man. So uh, following our that conversation. You know, he gave up, got up, gave me a hug. And then, uh, you know, without me saying anything, went into the room and, and he gave his mom a big hug. and He apologized to her and gave her a kiss. And, you know, that spoke volumes because um, that's the hardest part is accepting or, or listening in and, and, and saying, you know what? This person that's talking to me right now, they're right. They have a point. And uh, I love that he did that because to me it was like, all right, I got through you, and, and now it's, it's a matter of how you're going to handle the situation moving forward and, and, and slowly developing into a man.
0: See, what I love? there's two things I love about that. One, you was able to talk to your son. And two, what I really love about that memo is that he listened. Because there's something that's going on. I say this a lot to people. There's something going on called the generational divorce. And the younger men, the younger males, those late teens through their 30s, don't want to talk or ask questions to the men in their 40s, 50s and 60s. But if we would go to them, we would realize they didn't already been through what we've been through. And they would say, hey, Vance, hey, don't, don't even go that route. Cause let me tell you what's going to happen to you if you go that route, because this is what happened to me. But the older generation is waiting for the younger generations to ask. But the younger generations in their mind, they know so much, man, you know. And what I'm loving about this is that your son listened to you. And leading up to uh, 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 Beach Street AZ was powerful about this. I think what made it easy for your son not only to listen to you, but why these this young generation that you're working with, you've been where they're at, bro. Absolutely. And, and see, sometimes people say, man, look, I don't care because you got a certificate on the wall that says you got a Ph.D., a master's degree or a bachelor's or whatever, which is great. I'm not knocking that at all. But what I'm saying is some people just want to say, man, save the big words. Tell me how you got through what you went through. So when they're coming to Beach Street and they're hearing about it, how are you talking to the young teens when they're coming now leading up to Beach Street AZ? One word can define
1: it. One word can simply define it, and that's patience. And I have a motto, uh, and I say two things will define you in life, and which is your patience when you have nothing, mm-hmm. and then your attitude when you have everything. Love it. So what does that patience mean? That patience basically means, you know, uh, 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 what we lose to uh, outside of B Street. You know, I also work for the Phoenix Police Department. Yeah. Uh, I'm a sergeant, and I've had a career, and I worked for NYPD. I work for two large cities, and I've seen—
0: And, and the reason why I don't want to brush over that, brother, not to cut you off, because— People need to realize they're hearing an adult male, a man now, saying when he was a teenager, he was a teen father, he had his struggles, he did his dirt, and now you work for who? Phoenix Police Department. You see how that's back to we can turn our mess into a message. Go ahead and share that, man. So
1: growing up, it's, um, you know, that patience, that patience, it's it's, what we lose our kids to nowadays, what we lose our youth to is the lack of patience. A lot of kids, you know. Again, kind of going back to those, the wrong role models, if you will. You know, you idolizing your hip hop artists, you idolizing these celebrities, you know, male and female, like the Kim Kardashians of the world and, and, you know, the Kanye West's of the world. And what you see in is a life of luxury. It's a life of luxury. And these kids want that right away. They want that limelight, that spotlight. You know, hence why all this social media is so big because, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's a bit narcissistic because it's just, you know, Hey, I want to, I want to shine in a spotlight. I, you know, it's not even anymore about who likes me. It's just, I want likes. I want likes. I want hits, you know, on, on my social media. So with that, with that kind of mentality, you know, these kids are going out there and, and, and cause everything's instant now. Right, you you can't you can't write a letter anymore and say I'm gonna mail it out to somebody. Nah, I gotta text them right now. Right, everything needs to be now. So I think with that is that mentality kind of leads into the I'm not wait. You want me to go to school for four years and then maybe I have to do another four years to be making a six figure salary? You crazy? When I can just go and just transport a bag for somebody and make two fifty in one day. It's that quick, quick reward. So you know, I think you know when you don't have people kind of guiding you and uh, around you, and you know, and to the single parents out there, the single, the single moms, dads, grandmas, aunts, or you know, foster parents, whoever it is that's raising these kids, you know, because uh, you're single, you have to go out there and, and and break your back and you know to bring in the bread and and put a roof over the head and, and some food on the table. So there's a lack of supervision there. So now these kids are turning to the people that have no life experience, they're friends. Because that's, at, at teenage level, that was my life. My mm-hmm. life was my friends. My, You know, my mom tried to, after my father came out of prison, you know, he he talked to me, gave me great advice sometimes, but sometimes, you know, you just, you don't listen because you just, you think, and I don't I, I don't want to, and I hate to always, I never, I always tell my kids, I don't take that approach where I say, oh, you're a teenage, you don't know what you're talking about. Your perception is your reality. That's your world. And I respect it. But, I need you to respect mine too, and, and listen to sound of experience, man. Because that's what it is. This is a sound of experience trying to get through to you. And just, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I'm giving you your options. And that's usually how I approach my students. And and you know, so uh, a lot of these kids, like I said, that lack of supervision, now they turn into those friends. And those friends, you know, either they don't have somebody there telling them how to do things the right way. So of course, you are gonna give that bad advice. And it's kind of like the bad feeding the bad. Yeah.
0: So. Well, what, what what I love about this memo, you, you from the hip hop era, I'm from the hip hop era. I was DJing, doing house parties, You was breakdancing. What a lot of people don't realize, a lot of stuff that I'm doing today, a lot of gifts, got from promoting house parties and DJing and things. But talking to today's generation, and you and I know, we get into this later, um, but a lot of our young generation need to realize, when you see those videos... Most of them kids, particularly basically all of them, they don't own the cars that they're driving in the videos. Mm-hmm. They, own, they don't own the jewelry. Those girls and those, those guys, the 30 people in the video, not, they don't all live in, a, in, in the same neighborhood. They're hired actors and hired models. And when they say cut, they want their checks and they want to leave. And you got to realize all these videos and all this stuff is coming out of your budget. They're not balling like that, that big bank roll and all that type of stuff. And also, they need to realize when you ask the average average millionaire, it took them 20 to 30 years before they became a millionaire. You know? So, but what I want to do, man, because now we're going to lead up into Beach Street AZ, but we're at the end of the show. Before we do, will you come back next week? Absolutely. Okay. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you, Memo. Uh,
1: You can reach us through uh, our website, org. Also on our Facebook, uh, we have social media. It's also Beach Street AZ uh, on our Facebook. Uh, You can also call, uh, since we're mobile organization we have a google number which we can be reached at 480-382-8526
0: thank you man thank you i'm gonna see you next week tune in next week memo is going to be back we're going to talk about beach street az thank you for tuning into the father Matters show send us your question or comments to info at fathermatters.org thank you to my engineer jeremy siegel wednesday february 10th we're hosting a father matters workshop go to fathermatters.org for more information see you next week at the same time same place have a safe week